0: Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's com slash standard.
1: There were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit welcome to flicking yes it sounds a bit rude that's the joke
0: hello and welcome to this month's flicking our journey into a film that one of us has loved and wants to share the joy and by us i mean me mickey hello and i am joined by Yosra osman Yosra, hello hello and Hannah Dunleavy. Hannah, hello. Hello. Hello, here she is. Massively disorganised Hannah this morning, I'm sorry. <laughs> Chaos Dunleavy, but we love her yeah. anyway. Uh-huh. Yosra, it was your pick this month. What delight did you have us watching?
2: Well, speaking of chaos, I think that's quite pertinent for this conversation. (laughs) Last month, when you asked me what film I was going to choose, I didn't prepare. And so I had a little panic and I thought about what films I loved from last year. And there are a couple, but I decided to go for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, otherwise known as The Daniels. And I chose this one because I think, for me, it was one of the most enjoyable cinema experiences I had in 2022. It's the second multiverse film that I saw in 2022, the other one being Marvel's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And for me, it was by far the better one. Mm. Although I just I just did think that the, <laughs> I have chosen another multiverse film before in the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse film. So there's clearly a running theme happening here.
0: Yozra, are you wanting to escape somewhere? Are you not happy in this universe?
2: Or maybe I'm just having an existential crisis where I want to think what the other versions of me are doing somewhere in the multiverse and are they living a better life? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Everything Everywhere All at Once stars Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn Kwan, an unlikely hero who must take on some newfound powers when an interdimensional rupture sends her fighting bizarre dangers from across the multiverse. Now, the one thing I will say is take what you can from the title of this film because it is literally everything everywhere all at once. It's surreal, it's absurdist, it's just a bit bonkers, to be honest. But for me... One of the things I really love about it is that it also packs an emotional punch between all the verse jumping and the sausage fingers and the playfulness. (laughs) You've actually got some real questions about the meaning of life and how we can find love, beauty, joy in our world. And Michelle Yeoh is backed up with some really powerful performances from Stephanie Hsu as Evelyn's daughter Joy, Ki Hoi Kwan as her husband Waymond, and amongst others including Jamie Lee Curtis, who appears as this bizarre tax inspector. And also, just to point out as well, I think the technical prowess in making this film is something to behold. Just in terms of the visuals and the editing, it's really, really sublime. But it can be a bit much, as I will ask a little, a little later for some people.
0: So there you go. Hannah, I think you're some people.
2: (laughs) Maybe. And my first question actually on my pick goes to to Hannah because my last multiverse film that I chose, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, made you feel physically ill. And I have been been worrying this whole time how this one would go down with you. So were you feeling okay?
1: I was fine. That was literally the first thing on my notes. No vomit. No (laughs) vomit. I, I felt absolutely... I don't know whether... That's because it's live action rather than it, it was the cartoony thing that um that tipped me over the edge last time, or whether it's something to do with the fact that my ears have been fixed since I watched the Spider Verse one.
0: Wasn't it three D? The three D stuff tipped
1: you over the edge. Yeah, it was the yeah. And it was the red and blue together, which just made it even worse. So yeah, from that point of view, you guys were absolutely fine. <laughs> didn't mind watching it at all. That sounds ominous. I didn't mean it to sound that ominous. Okay, oh, um, no, don't but, worry. Yeah.
2: I mean, when this came out, and you can both come in here. When I when I first went to see it, there was a real following for this film. It went, it went down really well with the audiences, and it was everyone was saying this is going to be the best film of the year. So I had quite high expectations when I watched it, and for me, they were met. But was that the same for the two of you, or did you have any expectations at all, really?
1: Oh, I had phenomenally high expectations because I'd spoken to you about it. And then I spoke to a a young friend of mine, he's 17, and I said that I was watching this, and he said it was one of the best films he'd ever seen in his life. So that was a pretty high bar, albeit in 17. So, you know, how many films has he seen? But, you know, yeah, my nephew loved it. I had seen Rave Reviews. It had already been nominated for Oscars. So, yes, I mean, I would say pretty high expectations I had.
0: Yeah, I had pretty high expectations as well, mainly because of the awards bothering, I guess, um, and also Michelle Yeoh is amazing. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think I've got that the right way around. I'm always like Crouching Badger, Hidden Owl, I don't know, uh, <laughs> was excellent. And yeah, I, I saw some similarities to that as well within this, but was also very excited to see Kei Hoi Huan, if I've said that right. Kei Hoi Huan back on the hey, screen, because where's he been? And he's amazing. He's brilliant in this. So, yeah, I was I was very excited to see it. I did actually check initially whether we could go and watch it at the cinema, but it's not on anywhere anymore. And I wish I'd been able to see it on a bigger screen.
2: Yeah, I think that's one thing, because I mentioned in my intro that this, for me, it was the best cinematic experience I've had, like going to see a film at the cinema, just because to take it all in when you're in a cinema and you've got no distractions that mm. was really really cool and watch it on the big screen so I would recommend to anyone listening if they, if they can find it at a cinema and I know it's it's probably a bit late now but do try and watch it in a cinema because it's, it's really great on the big screen but my question I guess is there's a lot to take in with this film and for you was I don't know did you find it a bit much or were you just going along with it all?
0: Initially, it is just dizzying, batshittery. It is so fast. I was a bit like, what is happening? Why is happening? Who am I? Where are they? What's going on? But once I'd adjusted, which probably took like a good 20 minutes, I did love the ride. Although I would say the ride was a little bit too long. When it flashed mm. up part three, I was like, oh no, but part three is, is very fast. Um, so that was good. But yeah,
1: I absolutely loved it, even though I'd have locked half an hour off it. Yeah, because it reminds me in a way of two really, really great episodes of television: the Kevin Finity episode of The Sopranos and the episode of The Leftovers that's called International Assassin. Mm. Both of which take place in a, inside a mind that's dying or might be dying. You know, is hovering near death and are mad. And you know, have people opening a door out of one thing into another thing, and then also have the sort of absurdest thing of all the other characters in it turning up, playing really against type or against the characters. So you've got characters that are normally bad being really nice or whatever. And they're both brilliant episodes of television, but they are both an hour long. And I've discovered that an hour is as long as I can sustain that (laughs) for. because I found this really long, really, really long. And the Mm. first 45 minutes, I would say, are really rambling. I think that bit could be achieved a lot quicker. It could be a lot tighter, basically until everything starts to kick off which I would say is around the 40-minute mark. Everything up until that point, I think, could have been a lot tighter because they establish who these characters are pretty quickly. Do you know what I mean? Pretty mm-hmm. quickly. The daughter's a lesbian. The granddad's not going to like it. The mum's a bit embarrassed about it. The dad is a hopeless optimist. I mean, that's really quickly established. And it, it hovers around that. And everybody knows the tax is terrifying. They don't need to build that up quite so much. <laughs> except oh, it's to It's quite them as them fun. <laughs> two and a half hours, I think. It comes it's about two and
0: a half hours. Yeah. It also reminds me of Charlie Kaufman films. So I, I got a little vibe of being John Malkovich, a little bit adaptation, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I find those really interesting, but I find all of those too long as well. Because maybe I think Hannah's nailed it. There's only so long my brain can go, I'm in this world. And I am invested in this world.
2: I do well. wonder how much of it is because they are trying to retrieve quite a lot you're touching on lots of different genres so you've got sci-fi fantasy, martial arts comedy and a lot of, I know it takes a while to build into that but I feel like the establishment of the characters is to try to cover all these different bases and I don't know maybe that is that needed to be a bit more streamlined, I don't know but as something that is quite genre bending and touches on a lot of different themes did that work for you at all?
0: Yeah, totally. And while I found it too long, I can't really say what I would cut. I agree with Hannah that they could have cut that a little bit, but I think it establishes why she's unhappy in her world. Why she is, as she is told by Waymond, Alpha Waymond, sorry, I did the glasses, that she is living the worst you, which must be the worst thing to be. Imagine there's all these options out there and actually you're the worst timeline. You're the worst universe. So it's establishing that. But I wouldn't give up any of the flashes into all the different worlds because they are so Mm. inventive. And I love that they've just gone, if this exists, we take it one step a little crazier, that means this exists. This means that somewhere there's a universe where everyone has hot dogs instead of fingers and they get really good with their feet. And that means that there's another universe where this, this and this. And I wouldn't have lost any of them because I love Mm. that they bring it all together. And it does all fit which if you'd have shown me a list of things and gone all of this in one place I'd have been like nice ideas too many cut some of them out
2: yeah and I guess because it gets so absurd and we are are talking about you know the ones with the hot dog for fingers that Mm -hmm. It can. You might watch it because basically, I went to see this at the cinema with two of my very close friends. One of whom laughed the entire way through it; absolutely loved it. The other one who rolled her eyes constantly, <laughs> and she still talks to this day about what were we watching because to her it was what she really did not enjoy it. And I think the level of absurdity within some of these these, these um, sequences that we see was just. It didn't really match what I was talking about earlier in terms of that emotional depth that the film is going to give. That worked for me, but maybe didn't work for everyone.
1: Well, I was just about to say it's nice that we can replicate that experience for you here now. But (laughs) I would say that actually I think it's the more absurd stuff that works better. Mm. It's Mm -hmm. the doing stuff with your feet. It's the rocks with the goggly eyes on. The really absurd stuff for me is the stuff that works better, actually. Agreed. There's some stuff that happens that is a bit too I don't know I don't know how to say this without coming across as massively prudish, but it certainly has at least two too many sex toy jokes in for my liking.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Did you not love the butt plug scene? The butt plug scene made me howl laughing. And me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but then it followed the beating someone up with a dildo scene and then the you know, was followed by the uh bull gag scene. I just thought In that sense, sometimes I don't really know who films are for. And I think to a certain degree, those things pushed it into a 15. And I think if it hadn't had those, it could have gone to a younger audience because I think a younger audience would probably like it, would absolutely like it.
0: I think that's a really good point, Hannah. Yeah. And particularly given that at its heart, it's about the tricky relationship that... (laughs) hard to say as well as have the tricky relationship between mums and daughters
2: mm. Mm. yeah which i don't know I, I feel like the films i pick there's always an element of this in terms of familial relationships or generational trauma i don't know but that I, I do think they manage that quite well but i i accept that for some people the the emotional payoff in this film doesn't quite perhaps cut the mustard <laughs> Hannah, you and I talked a little bit about Oscar nominations recently, mm. and Everything Everywhere All at Once is up for loads and loads of awards, including Best Picture. But just wanted to touch on some of the performances, because obviously Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Hsu, and Ki Ho- Hoi Kwan are all nominated in their in respective categories for this. Mm. And I just want to see, who did anyone stand out for you?
1: Well, I mean, Michelle Yeoh is amazing, mm. I think. We've established that before this film, and she certainly, for a woman who is so you know glamorous and exciting and all of that, <laughs> appears as this washed out, washed up woman. Basically, brilliantly. I kept thinking, I know that's Michelle Yeoh, but I can't quite you know marry <laughs> yeah. the image of of what she is in my head to that character to what she is there. So I thought she was absolutely great. Jamie Lee Curtis is having a lot of fun, obviously. I thought she was great. They were the two that stood out to me, I would say, yeah.
0: I think Stephanie Sue is excellent in it as well. And she's got quite a tricky role to play in that she's the bad guy and the good guy all at once and the confused guy and all of that. And that maelstrom of emotions that comes with being a teenager, I guess, and trying to separate yourself from a family that isn't perfect because what families are... And I think she captures that really well. And I also think the dynamic, the chemistry between her and Michelle Yeoh is really, really strong. I think they work really well together. And she also gets to have a lot of fun, I guess, which is, is good. I think she and Jamie Lee Curtis are having a lot of fun, whereas what, yeah. a lot of what Michelle Yeoh is doing looks like hard work because it, like, obviously yeah. Yeah. her character is getting to grips with it. Michelle Yeoh, I'd love to see her get an Oscar. She's a woman in her 60s. She's nailing it. If we get her and Jennifer Coolidge be celebrated to the hilt this year, I mean, I'll be a happy woman.
2: The good. Year. Yeah, I do hope so. I'm not. I'm not sure what what exactly they will. I think they'll win a lot of technicals, mm. obvious reasons, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And yeah, so just one more question. Uh, and uh, Hannah, even if you didn't like the film that much, anyway, I'm going to ask it. What's your favourite dimension of the multiverse that's in the film? Is it the hot dog fingers?
1: Yeah, although it's not the hot dog fingers bit that makes me laugh so much as the fact that they have to do everything with their feet, which means that when Jamie Lee Curtis is playing piano with her feet, she's got one of those wrist supports on her foot. What a lovely touch. That was was the bit that really, really made me laugh. So I would say actually I had a favourite scene. It was odd touches in little scenes like that that I just thought were, yeah, were really great. Although I did like that. I did like The Rocks actually yeah
0: i was gonna say the rocks mickey i'm the same actually i love the boulders the boulders are amazing just when they're they're there and then they just swivel around and they've got the googly eyes on it i was like as someone who loves putting googly eyes on things uh, <laughs> big fan but yeah what hannah said actually that that scene stood out the hot dogs with fingers scene stood out because they're so absurd but actually, it was it was the little touches rather than those that made me laugh the most. And when it flashes through all of the different universes, I love that. I love that a bit like Bojack Horseman when it sort of deteriorated into like very sketchy cartoon. I love that as an idea. I love that they had not stopped themselves. I love that the Daniels had just gone. Fuck me, if this one exists, then this one can exist. And this there was no universe that was too absurd to be considered putting in. or or so it comes across. And I I really enjoyed that as something bold. And the other aspect of it that I really enjoyed was that some of it's in subtitles and some of it's in English. And I thought that was a very good way to keep you focused on a film that is very distracting within itself because it's Mm -hmm. so easy to sort of lose concentration because it's so fragmented in its way that actually having that you had to concentrate and focus and read meant that you did stay tuned into the story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Standard, like I might have sounded like I liked it less than I did. I did I did enjoy it. It's just, it came with a really, really high bar, which led me yeah. to think it wasn't, uh, my expectations were too high. And secondly, it was too long. But it wasn't that I didn't like it. It wasn't that I thought it was a bad film. It just, it wasn't quite, it was a tiny bit. No, an Emperor's New Clothes is unfair. It was a tiny bit. I don't know what I just watched that you just watched because, you know, I, I can't marry our opinions up so much.
0: I'll take that. We'll take that. There was a bit that really annoyed me. Can I share a bit that really annoyed me? Yeah. Yeah. I've got to admit that a man telling a woman to be kind (laughs) really got my back (laughs) up. (laughs) Didn't like it. But I think that's my sort of knee-jerk reaction to that these days, and for good reason. And it did come immediately followed by the advice, stop killing everything you don't understand, which is excellent. I think, you know, we can absolutely live by that. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. I imagine being told that you're living the worst you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just wonder where you think you are. I'd say I'm probably, I reckon I'm probably at least, there are at least 25% universes worse than this one, at least, Mm. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm hoping I'm somewhere in the middle, but I just don't
1: know.
0: I suppose it depends whether I've read the news yet today or not. That can really swing it for me as to what universe I think I'm in. Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, it 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 could be.
1: It could be that the best me is in the worst universe. There is that option too, isn't there? Yeah,
0: (laughs) It's really interesting because obviously, again, at the heart of it, she gets happiness or at least contentedness by accepting what she's got, by accepting that actually the universe she's in, where she was the worst her, is the one that she wants to stay sort of grounded in as much as she can do. And also Mm -hmm. I did love that in every universe that they went to, even when she was highly skilled in something else, it came with... A dollop of not everything's perfect
1: in this one either. Oh hang on, I, I forgot. Maybe I lied about the rocks, because I was a big fan of Raccoonie. Oh, I was. My... Oh, that's <laughs> right. really. I completely forgot about him.
2: <laughs> it was Randy Newman who did the voice there, so that was, oh, that really? was a best touch, yeah.
1: Because they set it up, didn't they, in one universe and then it paid off a bit later, in it? So yeah. Um... Oh my god, I loved it. I did love as well
0: how Kei Quan was Obviously a lot older than the last time I certainly saw him in a film, which will have been when we watched The Goonies, I think. Because I don't think I've watched Indiana Jones since then, when he's data and he's short around. But sometimes when he was talking, it was just a total throwback to those films because he sounds exactly the same. He does. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, he does. But it, it was just really
2: nice to see him in a film because when I when I went to see this actually I I only really knew about Michelle Yeoh and that this I had you know really great reviews and it was going to be amazing so say, um, so Tayfun Kwan in that role was just brilliant and I think he is deserving of his of his nomination. The only other thing I was going to say as well is it's quite interesting because when I was looking at how this film was developed, the Daniels were thinking about doing this since I think around 2010. It's quite interesting as the years went on and other films like spider-man into the spider-verse came out they thought oh gosh no other people are doing this it's not going to look unique anymore but i feel that this film does look quite unique and going back to what you were saying earlier mickey the fact that they take the multiverse and say all right we're actually going to really explore what a multiverse could look Mm. like here and we're just going to go as absurd as possible i think really does come to their to their credit with this kind of film
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen other films set in multiverses, not even just the ones you've made us watch, Ezra, But and, and I've enjoyed, <laughs> but I've never seen anything like this before.
2: Okay, so I don't... Well, you both didn't hate it, so I think I'm going to take that as a semi-win yeah, for me. I loved it. I, took I it was absolutely a win. loved
0: it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hannah,
1: are you going to get a similar reaction to your choice next month? What is it? So I thought that I would let television guide me because... This month, number one, everybody's totally fallen in love with two men that are isolated that fall in love. Everyone fell in love with that story. And also, Alex secarano has been on Happy Valley, so he's back in Yorkshire. So I feel like the universe is telling me that we should watch God's Own Country.
0: Lovely stuff.
1: Yeah, it's not as cheery, I have to say.
0: But there's hot dogs for fingers, right? Oh, wait, there's a lot of rocks. (laughs) There's a lot of boulders.
1: (laughs) There are a lot of boulders. There are,
0: are, in fact, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of dry stone walling, perhaps more dry stone walling. Than you would expect, and an awful lot of baby lambs.
2: Standard issue for all women.